Hello, this is Angelo Stralopa, CEO of Positivity Coaching, and you're listening to my podcast. It is my pleasure today to welcome Angelos Derlopas to the Wise Master Coaches video series on the future of coaching. And it's my extreme pleasure to introduce Angelos to you today. So Angelos is a master certified coach, an accredited coach supervisor, and he has three decades of business experience, 20,000 hours of coaching experience. He has clients in 100 countries, a conference presenter in three continents, and has trained 1,000 coaches. So I think that's why we call him a, a wise, masterful coach. His academic studies include an MBA and an MSc in psychology. He's a book author and editor. And Angelos coaches executives and teams through developmental dialogue to make shifts so their authentic presence will emerge and flourish. His top values are justice and human rights. Angelos, as you know, we gathered this year in Sicily as a group of master coaches, and we had some very generative and thought-provoking discussion about the future of our amazing profession, which is coaching. Some of the discussions apply to the future of work in general, and some were specific to the future of coaching. I am really looking forward to this continuing exploration and your thoughts today on the future of coaching. So, Angelos, please share with us your area of focus for today's, today's discussion and your thoughts in this area. Thank you very much, Benita. And yes, I would like to talk about the AI, the artificial intelligence, and its application with coaching. Uh, it's been, uh, we have been observing for the last two years, or maybe two years and a half, uh, ever since uh, the first lockdowns with COVID, that the, the so-called digital coaching platforms or aggregators, the big companies that... Uh, uh, are somehow the um, the the entity between coaches and their clients had made coaching more popular, and or that could be one way to rationalize that. And the other way would be the COVID and the lockdowns itself, and it made uh, the technology more um, approachable, more it familiarizes all with uh, with a new technology and it's uh, it feels like a screen to screen interaction has replaced the face to face interaction we now say face to face we really mean screen to screen right yes. and it's still intimate there's still connection and it's amazing because we can connect deeply and meaningfully in so many ways and from and from different countries different hemispheres and uh, different time zones that was not available pre before covid and uh, i think we were uh, people for the lucky one of us that are still here uh, we uh, have been much more in contact, in connection, and uh, more frequently, and I think more closely. And um, AI has not been a problem, has not been a, I don't think that AI has been that much uh, present as we thought it would be. Remember three years ago, we were 
we were having that uh, first retreat with the wise masterful coaches in that Rose. Was wonderful, wonderful. <laughs> Remember that we had that uh, yes. these conversations in inside the castle, and we were so concerned about. AI and uh, ethical concerns and what would that mean? And we were so cautioned having these great conversations. It, it turned out it was not that, that AI did not really kick off that quickly. We, we are not seeing AI coaches that much. Well, there are some uh, more in the form of the chatbots. Uh, but the truth is that uh, what we know of, uh, about AI right now is that there are three levels, and we are still on the first level regarding mm -hmm. AI coaching, right? Mm -hmm. And um, what we have seen so far is that AI coaching is not on that level yet. Uh, it can provide uh, performance uh, coaching outcomes that can be compared to what we could call human coaching, human interaction coaching, yeah. but it requires much more, many, many iterations. Uh, so I think at this point, this is not what stands out. And I think uh, there's not been uh, many investments in this kind of AI. I think AI, based on what we know uh, in uh, combination with the digital platforms, is more invested in how do people are being paired. The matching system uh, is being facilitated somehow with AI. Yeah, and it, it's, it's certainly making, uh, you know, simple things like making appointments. Right. We don't think of that. Oh, I'll just go to the coach's calendar. We don't think of that as AI. You know, we think AI is, is you know, a robot going to talk to us. <laughs> but really, just as I booked time with, on your calendar, that was AI. Right? You're right. That was AI. And maybe uh, other things like um, maybe we're saving time in the sense that we don't have to have so many chemistry sessions right now because there's some kind of AI system that has making the, the pairing, which is also very important to have a fruitful uh, flowing, free-flowing and uh, functional um, coaching relationship, coaching partnership. So I think that's useful so far. And this is what we know where the money goes to right now. Yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting that, Angelo, you said there's three levels of uh, AI, and we're just sort of touching the surface of the first level now. And uh, it's interesting how much fear was initiated with that initial thought. As you said, you know, I, in our in our conversations back in Greece in 2019, before COVID, how the conversation today is completely different. And the fear is gone out of it. And now we're actually welcoming AI. So I think that's an important shift also. That's right. It has changed things in many ways. And I think mm -hmm. we should also uh, take into consideration that uh, a few years ago, before COVID, we were, uh, many of us were talking about team coaching and we're projecting that uh, team coaching will soon be what coaching was 10 years ago, booming. Uh, and the truth is that, yeah, team coaching grew bigger, but not that much because... COVID happened, digital coaching happen, 
happened and um, with the so-called democratization or let's say popularization make it made it more accessible to more people and more people are more eager to um, have this conversation online instead of yeah. having to feed, meet you know yeah. in the office yeah. Yeah. It's, it's it's interesting I mean because I'm seeing and in the in the area where I work in the Middle East, I'm starting to see an, an increase in the, in the team coaching, but it's not as exponential as we had thought it would be a few years ago. But I I, I think we might just be on the cusp of that, and we're really going to see that change in a short while. And it may have changed in other areas. I'm speaking only from the Middle East perspective now. The truth is, yes, we, we might see that, and maybe we should keep an eye on that. And uh, the truth is that we, there are so many different ways that we can have team coaching, and we can have team coaching online these days as well, with technology being more and more accessible and functioning with the broadbands. And uh, speaking for myself, I before COVID, I wouldn't have thought of me um, having a team coaching session in the Far East, uh, but here I was after March 2020, after the yeah. first lockdown, that I did. I did have a session online on the other side of the earth, and I <laughs> never thought I would do that online. Yeah. Yeah. It's exciting, isn't it? It's exciting. Oh. We, we get to be, be more effective, more productive, and more productive with our time as well. What do you think? Yeah, I think so, absolutely. Really more productive and more and and more effective. I think that remains to be seen with online team coaching. I'm I'm kind of sitting on the fence with that one. <laughs> I'm not sure. Um, I'm not. I, you know, I I prefer in person for team coaching myself, but maybe I'm just being stubborn. I'm not sure. <laughs> Uh, this is uh, this is very interesting, Benita. I was uh, I would say yes. The experience is more rich uh, with team coaching as well, with uh, training as well, training groups and so on. Mm -hmm. What I have noticed because I have been practicing both uh, with coaching training and team coaching is that uh, there are things that you cannot do. There are things that you can do in the room, in the physical room, that you cannot do in uh, on Zoom, for example. But it goes the other way around as well. There are things that you can do online that you cannot do when you're face to face. Yes. So yeah. I'm I'm wondering. I'm wondering. Yeah. After after a while, will we uh, will we need to do both to do a combination? Yeah. Yeah. yeah interesting. The the future opens up, right? <laughs> Right. And it, it changes the way that we uh, function. It changes the way that we speak. And I mean, uh, 10 years ago, we were talking about virtual meetings. Yeah. Uh, we don't <laughs> use that word anymore. Yeah, what is that? <laughs> it's funny. We just say, let's meet. Right. <laughs> Would you like to meet on Teams or Zoom? <laughs> right. we, say, we, don't, we don't even say virtual. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, so so Angelus, we've covered a lot of topics today, and thank you for that. But now I'm curious because I'm going to ask you, what is the question, the one question that you would like to leave the audience with to ponder on the, either the future of work or the future of coaching? Yes, I think it's 
it's somehow it's combined. It has to do with data because as we're working more and more online, and or as we're living more and more online, uh, the way that we use data is becoming more of a, a crucial point and uh, regulators and governments and also corporations and us as professionals and as individuals should be very much concerned. It's not about something that data is not a bad thing that we want to cast out of our life. On the I think we want to ponder what would be the best use. For example, we could have a, a data gathering and processing uh, of data would be very helpful in uh, creating a body of evidence for coaching as a profession, yeah. science, um, yeah. science. On, on what is working. What do you think? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's it's an interesting question because there's so much fear around having all our data collected in one place and how is it being used? And are the people who are using our data ethical practitioners or ethical organizations or ethical, or just, or I guess just the question is, are they ethical? And so there's a lot of fear around that. And I think that will unfold. I, as you said, it's a great opportunity for research, which is desperately needed, I believe, in the coaching and, and the team coaching and the supervision fields. So I think and, that, that science, it will help the science part and we'll see, we'll see what happens with the human part. It'll be interesting to see how we adjust our don't in the future to that collection of data. Yes. Interesting. So thank you. Yeah. So thank you for that, for that question, Angelos. And thank you for sharing your wisdom and experience with our audience today. And this is Benita Stafford Smith signing off for today. This is Angelo Trulopas, and you can listen to my podcast on Spotify, Apple, and Google.